Section 50 of Gray's Anatomy, Part 5. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by David Lawrence. Anatomy of the Human Body, Part 5, by Henry Gray. 50. Surface Anatomy, Surface Markings of Back. 3. Surface Anatomy of the Back. Bones. The only subcutaneous parts of the vertebral column are the apices of the spinous processes. These are distinguishable at the bottom of a furrow which runs down the middle line of the back, from the external occipital protuberance to the middle of the sacrum. In the cervical region, the furrow is broad and ends below in a conspicuous projection caused by the spinous processes of the seventh cervical and first thoracic vertebrae. Above this, the spinous process of the six cervical vertebrae sometimes form a projection. The other cervical spinous processes are sunken, but that of the axis can be felt. In the thoracic region, the furrow is shallow and during stooping disappears, and then the spinous processes become more or less visible. The markings produced by them are small and close together. In the lumbar region, the furrow is deep and the situations of the spinous processes are frequently indicated by little pits or depressions, especially when the muscles in the loins are well developed. In the sacral region, the furrow is shallower, presenting a flattened area which ends below at the most prominent part of the dorsal surface of the sacrum, i.e., the spinous process of the third sacral vertebra. At the bottom of the sacral furrow, the irregular dorsal surface of the bone may be felt, and below this, in the deep groove running to the anus, the coccyx. The only other portions of the vertebral column which can be felt from the surface are the transverse processes of the first, sixth, and seventh cervical vertebrae. Muscles The muscles proper of the back are so obscured by those of the upper extremity that they have very little influence on surface form. The splenei, by their divergence, serve to broaden out the upper part of the back of the neck, and produce a fullness in this situation. In the loin, the sacrospinales, bound down by the lumbodorsal fascia, form rounded vertical eminences which determine the depth of the spinal furrow and taper below to a point on the dorsal surface, the sacrum. The continuations of the sacrospinales in the lower thoracic region form flattened planes which are gradually lost on passing upward. Bony Landmarks In order to identify any particular spinous process, it is customary to count from the prominence caused by the seventh cervical and first thoracic. Of these the latter is the most prominent. The root of the spine of the scapula is on a level with the tip of the spinous process of the third thoracic vertebrae, and the inferior angle with that of the seventh. The highest point of the iliac crest is on a level with the spinous process of the fourth lumbar and the posterior superior iliac spine with that of the second sacral. The transverse process of the atlas is about one centimeter below and in front of the apex of the mastoid process. The transverse process of the six cervical vertebra is opposite 
the cricoid cartilage. Below it is the transverse process of the seventh and occasionally a cervical rib, medulla spinalis. The position of the lower end of the medulla spinalis varies slightly with the movements of the vertebral column. But in the adult, in the upright posture, it is usually at the level of the spinous process of the second lumbar vertebra. At birth, it lies at the level of the fourth lumbar. The subdural and subarachnoid cavities end below opposite the spinous process of the third sacral vertebra. End of section 50. Recording by David Lawrence, March 2010, in Brampton, Ontario.